0: Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Mind Sculptor's Podcast. I am your host, Callahan. On this week's show, we dive into the question, is Necropotence still as good as it was in the past in CEDH? Joining me to dig into this question is a fellow sculpty boy, hasn't been on the channel in a while, but you know him, you love him, it's Scoots. And also joining us from Eminence Gaming is Shauna. We had such a good time uh, recording this episode. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, But before we get into that, let's take a moment to talk about today's sponsor, Dragon Shield. Dragon Shield sleeves are the only sleeves that I trust on my cards, and I've been using them for nearly seven years. Their petrol matte sleeves are my personal sleeves of choice. And if you use our Dragon Shield link to get yours, you will be supporting the Mind Sculptors channel. So, go ahead, go into the description of the episode, click on our Dragon Shield affiliate link to get your sleeves today. With all that being said, let's get into today's episode. Well, hi everybody. I have... A, you know, long-time listener, you know, frequent flyer, well, not frequent flyer, hasn't been on the podcast in a minute, uh, but uh, one of my favorite sculpty Boys. You know him, you love him. From the Eminence casting team, it's your boy, Scoots.
1: Oh my gosh, Scoots! Me. Mm-hmm.
0: How you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? Good. It's been a minute since you've been on the podcast. Yeah. And... uh Figured you know what we haven't had Scotty's beautiful face and beautiful voice on the show so uh, let's fix that. Well, um, Thank you. Yeah, love talking to you. I, I like I actually say this like kind of frequently how I'm like I I love interact like always enjoy interacting with Scoots because it's always a good time. So I was like very excited to have you back on. Uh, another person that I love interacting with. Um, not at all because we share a very similar taste in food, uh, <laughs> is also from the Eminence casting team. This is uh, Shauna. How are you doing today, Shauna?
2: Yeah, we're both like super fucking picky. <laughs> it yes, turns we out, are. I thought I was alone. I literally went to lunch with like Ben and Mikey and <laughs> fucking I couldn't eat <laughs> there <laughs> because they just cooked with the spice that I'm allergic to. So, um, no. it's, and, like, even if I, I don't know if it's, that's how my brain is, but even if I wasn't allergic to it, I wouldn't like it, you know, cause you just smell yeah. it. And you're just like, ugh, ugh. Mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I am. I'm glad <laughs> I, I, it, it's nice. I will say though, I, I, we, we were just at magic con, uh, Philadelphia and, uh, it, you do owe me a little bit because we went to, we were playing a game. We played Zeb's uh, Commander Cube. We drafted that. We got done with it, and we went to uh, lunch. I guess it was like a late lunch, early dinner at that point, mm-hmm. and. We went to, I forget, what what's the place that you uh, like, that you have like a billion points at?
2: Gyukaku. <laughs> G-Y-U-K-A-K-U. It's a Japanese restaurant. It's fucking amazing.
0: It is. I can highly recommend it. But so for those of you listening, uh, Shauna tells me, oh, it's in Chinatown. It's right where we're at. It's like a 10 minute walk. And I was like, perfect. Uh, no, it was not. It was more like a 40 minute walk. It was uh, like a 15 minute walk It was not a 15 minute walk Get out of here um, It was not even in the same neighborhood <laughs>
2: <laughs> It was also we, not in Chinatown I just kind was, of like I looked at the map and I saw that it was like Relatively near the other stuff in Chinatown That I like, It was like by my Airbnb Which was in Chinatown So I just assumed it was right. Chinatown But it was not
0: <laughs> Scotty I got shin splints From walking
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that's on me.
2: That one's on me. I, uh, one... I saw the meat. I saw an opportunity for meat and I got a little I got a little narrow sided.
0: We so. could have just taken a lift. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do want to also uh, ask you, how many records did you set at the escape room over the weekend?
2: We only set one record, and that's really sad because <laughs> in the first escape room, we were about like 29 seconds off. But we had spent like the last three minutes looking for the final piece to the clue and we were like we fucking solved every fucking puzzle in here. Where's it at? And it turns out it was like underneath their version of the Iron Throne from the Game of Thrones and oh Ben had gosh. sat on it and popped the door open and we just didn't see the door open. <laughs> so we were just looking around for a piece of the puzzle that Ben had already solved. So what you're then- saying it's
0: Ben's fault.
2: It is Ben's fault. It's easy okay. to
1: blame Ben for these kinds of things. Yeah.
2: Really, well, anything you know? But yeah, I guess. I guess when you,
0: I guess when you put all of your like energy into winning Silicon Dynasty, you kind of lose right. some of that mental energy to like pay attention to where you are sitting. Is that I'm how like
2: work? To like you know listen to clicks in an escape room. How incredible <laughs> could that be? Right.
0: <laughs> for those of you, you listening who who are are not familiar, uh, Shauna and your group of friends. Am I correct that you went to an escape room every day of the con?
2: Yes, we did. <laughs> okay,
0: that's what I thought. Yes, we uh, did. <laughs> it, was, it was very fun to just be like sitting at the convention center and get uh, be like, man, I haven't seen like Shauna and Adam in like a while. And then I just pull up like Instagram and it's just like, we did an escape room. I was like, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But so uh, great to have you on. It was fun seeing you over the weekend. And uh, today we are going to be talking a little bit about a card that always seems to make it into our comment section on the Mind Sculptors. Uh, I don't know why specifically our channel. Necropotence is like a hot buzzword in our comment section. And uh, it generally is one of those things where, you know, people talk about Xurr. And they're like, I think your undersellings are a little bit because, you know, necropotence in the command zone is really good. And um, all these different things where people will bring up necropotence for some reason or another. And I thought it was an interesting uh, talking point of, is necropotence as good as we once thought? You know, Scotty, you and I have been playing uh, CEDH for a while, and you much longer than me. And, you know, what's uh, necropotence... For a while, was like one of the most powerful ways to win in the format, right?
1: Yeah, it was fairly ubiquitous in the in the before times. <laughs> it was, I mean, playing against a lot of Zer, uh, a lot of Shimmer type wins off of Necropotence, and then uh, it was honestly not used as. Uh in the same fashion that it's used today, except in Zur basically. But uh a lot of necros for ten happened after like dumping your hand and, and then you just refill and necro necro for ten and then mm-hmm. uh go again. So a lo- lot of that, but it was yeah, it was in pretty much every blue black core deck list back in the day.
0: Yeah. Sure. No now nowadays was was Necropotence in Ben's Malcolm Timna deck? I don't remember was,
2: the deck list. Yeah, it was I not. I can
1: tell you because I have it open in front of me actually because I was thinking about putting it together.
2: Yeah. And oh, I it. I you told this, but... me
0: you didn't want to give up Red and you're
1: talking yeah, about I playing
2: know, X for Malcolm.
1: A, it's another Malcolm deck. Okay. So, okay. So, like, okay. It, That's fair. That's it, fair. It, it, it passes the assignment.
0: So uh, this okay. is a Doomsday deck, right? Like Ben yep. played a Doomsday deck and Shauna, you were casting that event. So, uh, this is one of those things where it's interesting, where Doomsday used to be like very in, and then it kind of dropped out for a while, and now (laughs) it's kind of making a bit of a resurgence. What is the reasoning, do you think, for not including a card like Necropotence in a deck like Malcolm Timna?
2: Uh, I think that uh, Ben is seriously rethinking it. I'm going to sneeze. Hang on. Okay, I powered through it. Um, okay, so... <laughs> yeah. Didn't sneeze.
0: That is not... Stifled that is it. staying in the podcast.
1: <laughs> One blue stifle. Oh, yes. <laughs>
2: uh, no, I actually mentioned this to Ben uh, before we started playing. Uh, I think I was like, do you fucking run like your opponents And he was like, no, but I should. Um, because I think that any Sans red deck um, that can easily have access to three black should be running Necropotence. It's a very powerful, powerful card. I think it lost uh, some play when you know Breach got super popular and Darkside got super popular because obviously being in a red deck makes it a little bit more difficult to win with Necropotence on the field because as soon as you resolve your Breach and you go for your wheel lines, all of the cards that you discard <laughs> go into exile and no <laughs> longer to Breach. If you want to fucking cast Gamble for your LED which is normally very good because even if you discard your LED, you can still use it. It goes to fucking exile. So yeah, yeah I was playing with Dreadwave in the playing with power server yesterday and that exact situation happened where they just had um, Necropotence on three, maybe two because mm-hmm. of an, a mox or something like that. And they uh, tutored or drew Breach, played Breach, and they were like, I can't fucking win right now <laughs> because yeah, well- <laughs> I have I have Gamble in hand. They cast Gamble twice. One for a thirty-three percent chance and one for a 50 percent chance, and they both went or they both resolved. So they both they kept um the card they wanted in hand every time and they still couldn't win. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Because they were just discarding uh, breach exiles to exile. So more of the story is Ben should be running it, blue farm should not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so is so this is interesting, I guess, to me. Because before Shauna was in the call, Scotty was Scotty and I were talking about uh, how this is my this is related. I promise. Um, I am playing uh, a of food train now. One because I'm addicted to bad decks, uh, but two uh, because I'm tired of playing red. Because I'm tired of everybody being like, "Well, you're playing red. Why aren't you playing breach?" I'm like, "Well." I'm playing this card called Rest in Peace, and I'm playing this card called Grafdigger's Cage. And turns out Underworld Breach is pretty bad with those two cards. And it it feels like it's a similar situation in that regard, where it's like every black red deck is like, oh, I got to include these two cards. And is it the auto include that we think it is, or is it like not as powerful as we? like kind of thought about it because you know it's makes me think about with like uh drake a few weeks a few months i guess at this point back right like Mm -hmm. kind of pushing back on sylvan library and is sylvan library as Mm -hmm. good as we think it is and i guess that's kind of my question here is you know do we think necropotence is sort of black sylvan library
1: well i'll argue either side of this so shauna why don't you pick (laughs) one and i'll do the other
2: sure i'll go ahead and say that uh I'll be on the side of Necropotence sucks. Cut to okay. Die.
1: <laughs> All right. I'll be on the side of Necropotence is good. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No. I think in the current environment, um, especially in black red decks like you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. while breach is an insanely strong strategy, so is resolving uh Thassa's Oracle and demonic consultation. If you're in base Grixis, like that's also very good. And with the prevalence of uh Final Fortune and making a million mana, being very popular, I think you can very safely necro for between 20 and 30 cards, rip your final fortune, cast it, and then go into your turn with a perfectly sculpted 7, which is generally pretty good. Plus, you play enough wide bounce spells to get rid of your own necropotence when need be. Right. So I think... Necropotence is a very good card in good decks and a not-so-good card in bad <laughs> decks. I wow, don't know if I can incredible. say that. but
2: Incredible. I, I will counter with the fact that uh, creature meta is now our current meta. We are mm-hmm. not in a uh, blue farm worlds where you have one or two creatures on the field. You are constantly staring down between, between um, turn three and five. You're probably looking at a table total of probably like 12 to 20 damage, I would assume. So, uh, and that's swingable damage. That is attackable damage that is able to swing you that turn. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you resolve, not only it being in those colors, fine. You know, you can't not be in colors to avoid uh, combat damage. That's okay. But at this point, if you have Necropotence on field as ideal, which is between two and four, you are staring down the table's damage. And the same conversation that I had with Dreadwave last night when we were playing CDH was that as soon as you resolve the Necropotence, you have two turns to win. Depending on the pod that you're at, because not only are you losing life from yourself, you're necro. You're necroing for fifteen to twenty, but you are getting the entirety of the table's damage, just like with Sylvan Library. Um, It would take quite the uh, it would take quite a pod to switch the focus off of you at that point, because everybody with any any part of brain in their in their head is uh, very aware of the fact that necro is insane. So that leaves the fact that. You can sculpt your hand, but you're not getting it until the next end step, unless you find your final fortune. And you have to have the mana to cast it. You have to be able to pay three black for this fucking thing, the shitty thing that you have to bounce yourself to get rid of. And then you have to find two red for your final fortune or whatever. It's a very mana-intensive idea. And the fact that as soon as you cast Necropotence, you're just making up for the card draw. Uh, that's the whole idea of balancing the card that way, discarding cards in exile, is to balance the fact that you are gaining a men's card draw over the table by either life or by punishment of getting your cards uh, at end step, etc. etc. So, um, and while doing this, you're also sculpting your hand. So you are pitching a lot of good cards into exile, especially when you need them. Um I am an Is It. I'm playing to Miss It. I am one of the very few decks in the entire format that doesn't need to recur. So Pitching all those cards and just saying, fuck it, I'll take the best seven, I'll discard the other 35 is really dangerous. And, um, yeah, setting yourself <laughs> up to win only with a bounce spell to get rid of your own shit, that's so fucked up. Like, imagine getting to the point in your breach line where you have to bounce your own breach and it doesn't provide you the, like, Breach is different because it provides you cards, like it, it fuels itself. So even if you need to bounce your own breach for whatever reason, in this hypothetical, you will have the cards to do it because of wheels. <laughs> but wheels are actively bad against Dr. bones because you discard in exile. So Isn't it's a huge target on your though, head.
1: Pretty good, like
2: no, it's great if, for sure. If You have a
1: full hand of cards. You optimally would keep protection against the wheel if that's what's going to hose you, right?
2: But absolutely.
1: Also, I think we're. We're living in this la la dreamland here where uh the density of winds is really low in index where that's that's not what I see anymore basically at all we've got different ways to get to to get to a win now uh i so i the age of card quality has passed us. Slightly, I think. uh, As much as
0: I will push against it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so the age of uh, making infinite mana and then looping your spells or whatever has kind of gone past us and people are playing hard win cons again. Mm -hmm. So uh, even, even if you look at a deck like Emer Pirates right now, which cannot run Necropotence, but that deck is playing kiki cheeky sure. now. Like, we're adding hard win-cons to decks that, like, Timur Pirates previously had Lindhorn. Yep. And then Niv-miss it, <laughs> which is kind of a win-con. Uh, a little but, bit. Because <laughs> you stack your curiosity effects. She has no but,
0: idea about how good uh, Niv-miss it is. No, 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 idea.
1: definitely not. Um, no guesses. So, <laughs> I think... I don't know. I think we're at the point where the uh, the argument of well, what if your cards get wheeled is kind of it's not moot, but it's less significant than it than it would be in the past. Here, in my experience
0: here here is a question I have. Then Um is especially on the point of with the card with people playing a higher win con density. And I'm, I'm curious how much of that is a uh, reaction to, oh, we're playing in in-person tournaments now. We have actual timers. We have actual like rounds. Like we aren't just playing these amorphous. Like this was something that I've kind of said for a while now, where for a while CEDH was kind of like didn't have round timers, didn't have like these things unless you were playing in like very specific events that were not as common as they are now. Like now we have a monthly Mox Masters tournaments. So we have all these different things. Um, now you have to be able to win within a certain time. You can't just sit there and look at the table and be like, I'm going to loop Time Twister 40 times <laughs> and somehow I'm going to win. Um, you know, how much of that is a reaction to the tournament meta of playing more win cons?
2: I would say very little. I would say that it's not because of the um, location or the time restriction of tournaments. It is the existence of a card called Duran the Magistrate, <laughs> because you have <laughs> you have sure limited time here. to win. Because yeah. Duran the Magistrate has uh, basically semi-identical copies of itself, where whenever they land, they get they make it harder for you to win the game. So the faster you can do it, and the more repetitive your win cons, the, the better, you, the more likely you are to draw into them with Necropotence. Right. So, uh Totally fair. Yeah.
1: Especially if we're looking at decks that typically run commander centric win cons, we'll see them layer in uh, one to two to three other win cons. If you look at Najila, we've seen kind of a shift towards uh, Turbo Naws instead of the. Najila's just win with con Najeela. soup at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> basically, it's the best win cons in five colors. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Another thing I think that. Uh, I'll say about the uh, decks shifting to the tournament meta is I really have not seen that as a thing that happens because people keep entering very, very bad win-conless stacks <laughs> in the yeah, tournaments. Yeah, they do. And, and just wondering why they're tying every round. Like, we keep, we keep doing that. I don't think the CEDH gaming population at large is is paying any attention to win con like win time, like round timers or, or needing compact wins. Like people still enter edric turns into big, into big tournaments and wonder why they can't win with infinite turns.
0: Are you calling LJ out on the podcast?
1: (laughs) uh, If LJ is listening to the podcast, then no, (laughs) Uh if he's not, then a little
2: uh, LJ is also ubiquitous in the sense with a, a little a little fellow named Kai, uh also tournament mm-hmm. grinder who's playing Cloud Farm, which is just Rigo. Rigo and,
1: turns, yeah. Rigo turns. Yeah.
2: And uh never seen that deck win. <laughs> you should go back to Mar- um Marath. You should go back to Marath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Play Gale and Scion of Velaster again, win some Win some tournaments.
2: Get some wins back, guy. I, I, I like yeah, that Rigo, yeah, Rigo
0: deck. Crom r- 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 has a bunch of win cons on it. It wins, it does its thing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, r- realistically, right? You just add Karn and Microsynth lattice to every deck, and then you ask your opponents to scoop. Like that's the new tournament strat.
2: <laughs> you heard it here first.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's Everybody, the the newest thing.
1: Please do that.
0: <laughs> See what you need to do. This is how you really do it is you play a s- extract with Karn, right? Right. And you yeah. Extract your mycosynth lattice so you can uh-huh. downtick your Karn yeah. and then get you get it every single time. That's the and that's you're playing
1: a-, a food chain deck with Karn for this to <laughs> be relevant. Uh, let me run attracts a Traxa food chain with my main board karn. <laughs> hey everybody. Here's my Karn. I yeah, have a deter- no, I oop. I. I, I just Scott far, go off, go off, King. Getting <laughs> back, getting back to like the tournament, <laughs> the tournament meta at large. Gosh, I have casted a lot of tournament games, and I have seen some real, real stinkers. Yeah. And I just want people, like people. Okay, listen. I'm a caster, so I get to say this. I'm not a tournament organizer, so I can say these things. You are wasting your time and your money if you enter bad, slow decks into tournaments. You're wasting yep. your time and your money and other people's time. It's not to say that you shouldn't if you think you can win, but at the same time, I think that if you're running just a lousy deck into a tournament, why why are you doing it? Why I mean, not just go to the movies? <laughs> same I mean, there's box, a reason, right? Popcorn.
0: Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why, like, I mean, in our tier list videos with Ryan, we've said multiple years in a row, unless you're Charles or Michael, uh, you're probably not going to win a whole lot of CEDH events playing mono white, right? Like, it's, uh, you know, very few people can do it. And, you know, not to say that you can't do it, but it's going to be hard and it's going to suck. And uh, the. Thing that what we're saying in that is we're talking about players who like one know those decks inside and out. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that would be my biggest thing is if you're gonna play a deck like that that's win conless, that does all that stuff, know your deck really well and know how it wins so that you can get there quickly. Because one of the things I think is interesting is that we have another mind sculptor who played a win-conless stacks deck at what was a Marchessa last year, never went to time a single time. And it's yeah. just, you, you got to know what you're doing. And I, I think a lot of, there are a lot of people who this is their first foray into CEDH and they're playing stacks for the first time. And, and friends, family, uh, countrymen, lend me your ears. Do not play stacks as your first CEDH deck. Um, oh no it, it is hard uh,
1: <laughs> it's can not can you say smart. that oh my god also <laughs> I think 20. tantamount to I think tantamount to knowing your own deck is um knowing everybody else's deck yes. like it requires uh, a pretty big degree of mind control to win with stacks at a, at a tournament you have to be able to look at everybody else at the table and be like oh this person is gonna abrupt decay your uh Static orb, and then they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna win the game or whatever. That was the weirdest sentence that I could come up with because oh well, I haven't seen Abrupt Decay or Static Orb in quite some time. I can uh, tell but, you uh,
0: the last time I saw a Static Orb, it was at Silicon Dynasty, and I do I think I've told Shauna about this, but there was a guy playing Urza at Silicon Dynasty who was end step like on opponents end stepped activating Urza at instant speed like it was like a Thrasios and multiple times exiled like Winter Orb or like an
2: uncastable a, card <laughs> yeah like
0: at instant speed and I was just sitting there like homie is this your first time playing this deck because this is not the <laughs> environment to be playing Urza at your first time
1: Burrow. like <laughs> just because you have an outlet doesn't mean that you should use it all the time doesn't always mean it's an outlet you <laughs> like Kind of back to Necropotence.
0: Yeah, back to Necropotence.
1: Which is, you we know... We never get uh, off topic
0: uh, on the Mind Sculptors, ever. Yeah,
1: no, it's never happened. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> getting back to Coming up on
0: 100 episodes, not once have we gotten off topic.
1: <laughs> no, not even once. Yeah. Uh,
2: um, I'd like to mention a thread that Ken Bauman, the love of my life and my hero forever, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: made. Did you guys see this thread where he says... There are four patterns of winning yes. in CDH. One being win, one being win through, one being win after, one being win because. So um, I'm not going to go through every one. You should go to uh, Ken Lice Carbs Twitter to read this thread because it is very intelligent. Um, I however... S- uh,
0: fun fun uh, uh, tease here. He is coming on the show to expand on that. So.
2: Fuck um. yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, so Scoots has been talking about uh, his kind of experience as a caster and while I have much less experience I have uh only experience that is recent so my uh while scoots is is troubled by by experience of the past and their opinions are swayed (laughs) by all this like old years of, of information so many old years oh my god all this
1: boomer knowledge
2: all this boomer <laughs> knowledge <laughs> a old man hey, just hey, moments from death um, the shoe fits <laughs> right <laughs> so i offer you an only fresh perspective in which case i i tell you that all of these four patterns there should really only just be one which is called the win after strategy which is player a goes for the win but gets stopped by player c and d player b untaps and wins this happens um I just checked my notes here. It's the sick robot time.
0: special. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, and that like it, the introduction to CDH is um, you're gonna try to win, and the first person who tries to win gets fucked in the butt like really hard, like really ridiculously hard by the entire table because they try to win through, which is another pattern. They try to win through their opponent's risky study, and then the risky study opponent untaps and wins. Um, so it is both a win after and a win through. And in either situation, player A does not win the game. So you know. Necropotence, <laughs> I think, is because uh, as soon as you land that Necropotence, it is giving you a clock. It is saying you have to win before your life runs out, and you have to win before your opponents, like, wise up to what you're doing, and wheel you. So, um, let's say the first turn you cast Necropotence, you're an intelligent player, so you lose 15-20 to 20 life. That puts you at 15-20 life. Or, 25-20 to 20 life. So, um, you now have one more activation, pretty much, of Necropotence. So you have two turns. So um, it is giving you one option, and that is to win first. So you are going to present this win first, and you are going to get you are going to bear the brunt of the table's interaction because if your table is intelligent, they will not try to win after you have uh, sunk twenty life into Necropotence and sculpted your perfect hand of counters and magic spells, like. They're going to wait until you pop off and they're going to prepare and they're going to win after you. So um, it is forcing you into one of four patterns and being uh, flexible throughout these patterns and choosing a pattern based on the correct situation in your pod, I think is what Ken is going to talk about and say that you cannot be stuck to one of these patterns. You need to be able right. to win on top of and win through and win because, because if you are so streamlined in your deck and in your playstyle that you can only win at one time, your opponents are going to catch on, and then one of these times is going to fuck you. So, all right.
1: Well, Shauna, I have a counterpoint, you small little baby child uh, <laughs> in your crib, inexperienced with the ways of the world. And let mm-hmm. me tell you this Scotty, uh, just
0: you need to have like a pipe that you can hold while yeah, you're doing this. I do, I do. Them.
1: Instead, I just have these chopsticks to fidget with. I'm just doing that <laughs> off screen the whole time. Uh, but I have other pipes for. Not TOS. But no, never mind. Uh, but um, what I'm trying to say uh, I'm a good with Christian. my, my thinly veiled green vegetable references uh, is that, Shauna, there is a way to play those patterns that you described as the, the, the win second, to win after pattern. You can do that within Necropotence because card selection traditionally very good and if you play three cards you can necro for a smaller amount than 15 to 20 which is i know that the card basically reads dump your whole life away but you sure. can just you can do a few less and and just kind of select the best cards and go play off. play with when phoenix
0: you- more because you haven't <laughs> lived until you've watched jeremy just yeet his life total away i love to- it like
1: <laughs> just, just throw the life toll away to prosper or or uh to, to necropotence and prosper or yeah 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 phoenix yeah, yeah, yeah. is a is a riot um but there is who needs lands uh, there is something to be said for people playing with necropotence a traditionally fast card in a slow manner it's the same concept as a thing that I'd like to introduce from the before times called the value naws. That's right. Yeah. The value naws. Naus at one time was the best counter spell in the format, and Can I think
2: we kick scoots from this.
1: We're back in these days today. <laughs> you use your ad naws to get to a counter spell, and then you stop and you tell the table, "Hey, this is a value naws. There's no way." I can win off this NOS because my mana curve is ridiculous. And that is mostly a lie. But (laughs) (laughs) you can do the same with your necropotence. We've seen mind control work before. You say, this person has a wild board state. I need to resolve this necropotence to get to an answer. And then what do you do? You don't answer it. I'm I'm just hearing...
0: I, what I'm hearing is two people at this uh, in this podcast, particularly me and Scoots, who have played a lot of magic with one read,
1: uh, <laughs> and have been. <laughs> <talked> Realistically, in- <laughs> this is just Callahan and I recalling being gaslit by sick robot. But but listen, I would like to present. The value (laughs) necropotence, okay? It is 2023, the year of the value necropotence. You take seven cards, you pay seven life, and if you're uh, the person that I'm thinking of who would do this value necropotence, you have a zero one blocker for zero mana that you can throw under the bus (laughs) to protect your life total. That's right, the value necropotence. Have you ever
0: considered, right... You have six cards, or what is it? Four cards in hand. You have Necropotence mm-hmm. on the battlefield. Activate yeah. it for five, baby. Mm-hmm. You don't pitch need to... two cards.
1: Yeah, just pitch just a couple it a cards.
0: It doesn't need to be all now that. you have tutors
1: right? for your next turn. You have four cards, or, you get your demonic tutor, or, and you're no super happy. Here's,
0: here's here's a completely wild idea. Um, if you want to be playing a really heavy Necropotence strategy, that's fine. Uh, maybe play things that i don't know synergize with that well um you know like, like what? uh well not underworld breach uh
2: <laughs> are you telling right. the paying public to run children of corliss in their necropotence deck i'm not telling Stop people to run no, children of
1: corliss. no i'm not doing Pact that i'm come on they're saying yes. packed weapon run packed weapon in your necropotence deck
0: you you <laughs> say this as if it's literally not sitting in
1: front of me right now. I know oh you play Arting Vile Smasher and it's there. <laughs> I know. That's why I said that card.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, most of what I'm what I'm getting at with this is I think that there is this interesting like divide where I, I agree with Sean on some respects, where I think that like Necropotence has some of that rattlesnake sort of quality to it where uh people see it and then their you know alarm bells go off uh and i i gotta be honest one of the things that shauna brought up is you know people are smart magic players in my experience people are morons um and it's people are really bad at playing magic most of the time until you get to like the cut and even then people are really dumb Uh, and it's just like I used to build decks with the like the idea like Charles always builds his decks with the idea that like everybody's going to play really tight good magic I build my decks expecting everybody to be the stupidest person on the planet because my experience has been People will see Arden come down and be like, "Oh, you can do the skull clamp thing. I I need to deal with that right now." Hey, you know, there's a there's guy he just tutored for breach over there. Um, you know, you might want to hold your counterspell. No, we got to deal with this so you don't skull clamp anything. You don't run dorks, my guy. Uh, no, we got to deal with this. Cool. Um, people are stupid, so I say all of that to say that. I think there is, like, a level in there where I agree with you that I think there is, you run into that susceptibility of getting, like, thrown into, like, the sun, if that makes sense. Or if people are smart, yeated, they'll attack you the if yeated, uh, Where Yote. people, if they're smart, they'll attack you or stuff like that. Uh, but I've also had the experience where people are also really dumb and also do this thing where they just wheel for no particular reason, and even in situations where it doesn't benefit them or me, like or hurt me necessarily, like it's one of those things where I've just seen it enough happen where I just assume everybody's going to play horribly, which is part of why I don't like necropotents because it really is one of those things where one. I need to play perfectly with the card out, right? Like I have to know my, like one of the things I remember watching Braden back when he did CDH stuff was he would talk about like the end step with uh Corvold where you'd crack your uh, what's it called? The emergent zone and you'd go off at the end step. And like that requires you to know your deck and your lines very, 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 very well. Um also, if let's just say you're doing the value nas, which are or the value Necro, uh, as mm-hmm. Scoots is pointing out. I
2: just doesn't roll off the tongue, Scoots. I'm sorry. It See, really doesn't. Um, <laughs> um, I can. I mean, I can workshop
0: a better name. We can come up with a better name. Um, nice yeah. look.
1: Uh, we necro. could call it
0: a man. The mid range Necropotence. There you go. <laughs> we'll just we'll just reutilize the corpses of old CEDH decks and use them to make new CEDH terms. Um, All
2: right. (laughs) Fruit Loops Crunch Stick. The the new CEDH deck. The mid-range necropotence for the middle-aged man. (laughs) Find the boy in you.
0: (laughs) But uh, my one thing that I would say about a mid-range necropotence is that you now have to know like, if you toss the wrong card to exile, you're fucked, right? So it's one yeah. of those things where I, I look at it and I go, I see what you're saying, Scoots. The card selection is really good. If I was playing it, I would only ever want to just refill my hand at most and not even get the card selection um, because I think at that point, you're limiting the variability of how much you can screw yourself over. Um, yeah. But at that point, you know, is it worth it to only draw three cards and then the ire of the table for the rest of the game? Uh, uh, and that's when that, I was that a child
1: <laughs> playing Get Rogue Monster, I didn't play Necropotent. Back in I, was afraid, I was afraid of yeeting myself into the sun uh, by discarding the wrong thing or not responding to my triggers or having to pay any attention to the board state. But now that I am a grown adult. I know that looking at my hand of seven cards, as long as I just don't put Dockside Extortionist in my bin, I'm okay. I'll be all right. It'll be fine. Like, I will say, we can talk about necropotence and yeeting yourself into the sun, but I think, Callahan, you and I are both familiar with the tendency of maybe some Canadian CEDH players to tainted pact for interaction and yeet their entire library away. That's the thing that I do as well. And that's really common. So if we're tainted pacting our entire library away, I is don't it really for, e- for the is record, is
0: it- I don't endorse that. That is not that is Phoenix endorsed. That is not oh, Callahan endorsed.
1: I do that all the time. It's I, great. You should do it more often. Tainer have fun with answers. that. I
0: like, I like having the cards in my hand. Listen, Tainer, here's Tainer what I do. I just, best, counter counter spell. Spell. I just always have well, the counterspell. I just always have the counterspell. okay, spell.
1: but that would require playing counterspells, which are <laughs> yucky and bad. You can't play a lot of those. You, you just play a few. You saw and then you I, play it, more good cards.
0: Did you see what I called? Uh, Alex from the Spike Feeders made a tweet the other day where he was like, uh, describe your deck to me and 10 words or less and I described okay. uh, uh Arden Crom as an American zombie becomes a cop but only with swords and uh, <laughs> mm.
1: that is true <laughs> counterspells are <our> cop behavior <laughs> uh, but anyhow uh in blue line the CEDH deck <laughs> uh but <clears throat> Sometimes you taint to pack your library away. For I hate that as that an
0: accurate description of Arden Silas. I fucking hate it. Um.
2: You're just a yucky cop. You're just make cop the make ahead. the
1: featured image for uh, Arden Crom like the black and blue American flag. <laughs> but, no, that's what
0: I got to do for Esper or uh, for yeah, Arden Silas. Yeah, for- because it's perfect it's it's the colors and everything it's not a symbol (laughs) of fascism at all um definitely not (laughs)
1: uh but but i think that if we're playing forbidden tutors and we're using them to get stuff it's basically the same thing as playing necropotence and pitching some of your library away And, and we can justify one but we can't justify the other but but Sometimes Necropotence wins you the game, and often eating your library into the sun off of Tainted Pack does not. So, can we look at it that way? Plus, another thing that I'll say positive for Necropotence in this regard: look at a parallel, which is like Galvanic Relay in Storm decks. In one-on-one Magic, exiling a bunch of cards and getting to use them later is so good it is banned in multiple formats. Can we take something? from those formats and apply it to CEDH.
0: You heard it here first, folks. We are going to be going back to, uh, what's it called? What's the storm card that, uh, no,
2: we are not
0: minus two. Everybody gets loses two life.
2: Tendrils. Yeah, we're going
0: back to tendrils, baby. Oh yeah. my
2: gosh, what Let's a go good to card! Tendrils. I
1: love tendrils of agony. I do too. That, I secretly want that I to be a I made a mono con. black Nashi deck just so I could play tendrils of agony. Oh my god, such a fun card! shauna There's you look it. so disgusted with the <laughs> shauna is disgusted. This is this weird Uber because
2: talk. I've been actively trying to keep the disgust off my face, but <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so we we've we've concluded on a few things. Um, I've sifted through the muck. Of your conversation, and I've I've derived <laughs> some good points. One that our opponents are dumbasses. Two, <laughs> 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 that's the one. <laughs> that's number one. Number one. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. So
0: it's going in the show
2: I would like to propose the fact that um my only my now only gripe about Necropotence. I love card selection now. I love yeeting my life into the sun. I love it all. It's so great. Uh, my only gripe now is timing restrictions. Um, everything else, everything, um, every Hail Mary play, we can do it instant speed. We can add Nuz in instant speed. We can fight in instant speed. We can Demonic constellation in instant speed. This is all to our advantage because we can either do it on top of our opponent's win to get the free counterspell to fuck them over, or we can do it on an opponent's end step to uh, prepare for our turn. We have a selection there. Um but kind of referencing my uh, the, the four win conditions that Ken proposed, we don't have the um, the luxury of time with Necropotence. We have to activate at a certain time. We have to get the cards at a certain, a certain time. All of that being on our turn. So I think that that passing turn rotation, because we can all pretty much agree that if we're not in Corvold and we're not Brayden and we don't have the Emergence Zone, we <laughs> probably can't win first turn after activation. So we have uh three turns of dumbass thoughts from our dumb, stupid, silly opponents, where they get to go, hmm, <laughs> they just put seven to twenty-five cards in their hand. What should I do? What is my role in stopping this from happening? And then they get to do their stupid mono white thing, which is tap cast aether sworn canonist.
1: Well, hold on, Shauna, because at the top of the list you made a very salient point and it's that our opponents are dumbasses. So you're walking over your own point here.
2: I think that I think that the more obvious the target, the harder mm. it is to ignore by mm. even those with numbered brain cells. Um and I think that um While a value necropotence opponents may scoot by because if I'm if I'm um a, a, just a, a little boy who's okay. playing my magic cards. And okay. I see somebody lose seven life, draw seven cards. And they're telling me, they're regaling me with tales of the valued Necropotents. And they're just <laughs> saying, I'm just, dealing, I'm just dealing with this Chrom over here. I'm mm-hmm. just dealing with the guy who has known Breach in Hand or Ristic Study or Mr. Gamora. I'm just helping the table. I think that I'll be tempted to continue my own game plan and cast my Elishnorn Mother Machines and just hope for the best. Um, but I think that the value necropotence is not the most common necropotence. I think that I would love to take a poll of some kind, uh, a little a little survey to support my findings. But we are not living in the time of value necropotence. Well, as you we know, as Elon Musk has thing.
0: made very clear, Twitter polls are like the most scientific way of
2: a hundred percent getting
0: yeah. accurate data.
2: Um, so I Anyhow. think that um, <laughs> any deck that runs Necropotence is a deck that wants to win fast, and so uh, kind of c- constricting a, a win fast deck into value Necropotence territory is something that will work um, about as well as a risk study and Mister Grimora wins game strategy, but you'll also be taking a lot of life in the process, and you'll oh. um yeah. And I think that um, there's a lot of there's a lot of awareness around the fact that Risty Steady and Mister Kamora wins games, and I'd like to compare that to the awareness of Necropotence wins games, and Risty Steady and Mister um, as I have gathered from a lot of pissed off fucking opponents, they it doesn't have an awareness. People don't know how to win through it. They they don't know how to play around it because I have. Talk to several people after I leave my little casting booth and i and I enter the world of the of the living. They say, <laughs> my opponent just fucking fed nine cards a risky study and then they won. Like, what a surprise.
1: Yeah. Well
2: this does this happens often because opponents think that the only way to win through risky study of Mr.moreant is to eat it. I think even the most inexperienced or uh, unintelligent opponent know that the solution to necropotence is to just fucking beat face. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would be willing to concede the fact that uh, a value necropotence win is third in line to a risky Study of Mr. miscremora win, but which is still very good. Your odds okay. are the odds are in your favor.
0: Hmm. So let me let me ask this: Is
1: I can I can accept those terms?
0: <laughs> so those we terms. we look at the type of like decks that want to be playing necropotence, right? We're talking about really fast decks. We brought up Ben's uh, Doomsday Necropotence deck. And how he's thinking about playing that in there? I guess it's not Doomsday Necropotence deck. I don't know it's why I said so that. Doomsday, Doomsday Malcolm. Just, yeah. What what is that deck? Why would a deck like that be interested in playing uh, Necropotence? For those who are like curious, because I think this is where all this kind of comes together. Right? Is uh, as I slur my words horribly. Um, I have not drank yet today, um, hmm. but anything. N- well, <laughs> I, I've drank a couple of these bottles of water. Uh, shout out to Babies. Um, I was
1: worried about your kidneys for a second. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. Uh, but, uh, you know, we do have some Guinness waiting for us in the fridge. But uh, the Uber the, beer. the point that I like am kind of thinking, like looking at here is the idea of, okay, so we've kind of established all of this stuff with, with necropotence. So where do we want to see necropotence and where is it good? Where is it bad? I guess. Um, where are where places where you probably best to avoid this card and other places where it's like, hey, this auto include, this is really good. This is going to be a good value piece. And I guess a gauge your opinions on that.
1: I think there's a couple of schools of thought here. Number one, uh, playing with uh, a, a group of people, former 60, well, current 60 card grinders, but people like that the philosophy is that most decks in black should be on necropotence because it is a card advantage engine. And in those tight play groups, people are expected to play well, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, well. And so decision-making around what to do if someone is, uh, playing an necropotence and just refilling their hand every turn is maybe a little more, uh, it's more it's more considered you make more considered decisions around that whereas there is the other school of thought that um, necropotence bad uh, person playing black bad me turn things sideways kill bad necropotence player and like that is also a valid school of thought right I subscribe Uh, to
0: the attack the black player player philosophy um (laughs)
1: Maybe rephrase that, though. Uh.
0: (laughs) Attack the black mana player philosophy. okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh. But anyway, beat face strategy
2: is valid. Um, Any black deck should run Necropotence. Continue, please. Yeah,
1: where you were saying...
2: It was you. You were yeah. Saying- you were the one no, talking. Callahan was saying. Oh, was Callahan was saying, the last person it, who
1: talked.
0: I was just saying. I subscribe to the attack the person playing black strategy. Oh, okay. Like right. that is that Probably. is very much yes. That's <laughs> and,
1: what you said. Uh huh.
0: And and partially uh, granted, to be fair, I tend to play hard control strategies, mm-hmm. and it's much easier to control decks that are not going to go as fast as the black deck, right? Uh, yeah. Where you know if you can focus your attention on one player, get them kind of low or out of it, it's much easier to control the rest of the table when that player is kind of out of the game. Uh, yeah. You, you, the The goal of C, uh, the the goal of Callahan's play style is to force my opponents to play different formats, but that's a whole different thing.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> He's I would like you to play one commander.
0: We're playing legacy, actually. Um, so, but anyhow, uh, schools of thought.
1: Yeah the uh, the continuation of that thought regarding <laughs> turn sideways, kill the person playing black uh, is that what games are you playing where there's fifteen to twenty power on board? By turn three or four, I
0: play against Najila, or not Najila. Well, yes, Najila, but also against Winota, an unreasonable amount. Um,
1: (laughs) Okay, so let me argue this. Maybe just play fun games of magic instead. Like if someone pulls out Winota, just leave. Here's the
2: thing. Excuse yourself from the table. A lot of
0: times when I'm playing CEDH, I like to be playing in tournament settings. And I also like to not just concede to my opponent
1: having a one note in the command zone. I mean, that's (laughs) fair. But what I'm saying is, I think you, Callahan of the Mind Sculptors, are smart enough Certainly. To not jam your necropotence into a Winota,
0: I'm smart enough, or,
2: or a live Nijela with two warriors, or a live yeah, I, I, I'm,
0: I Well, yeah. that's not true. Sometimes I like to send a message, but <laughs>
1: true, true. <laughs> I, I have the like message to- that you should kill me, please. That's the <laughs> message.
2: In In that case, I mean, you're staring down. If your solution to Winoda or Najila or one of the several other thousand Jetmirror, uh, Rigo, creature decks that are now exi- in existence, creature yeah. decks that um, the longer they are around, the longer they will continue to pump <laughs> The worst the it gets play. for you. <laughs> yeah, they will continue to pump and play creatures that will kill you and also will stop you from winning in general. I mean, Winoda just got fucking Solace Jailer for God's sake. That card's fucking ridiculous. Um, to get all the so cool new toys. Y- your solution to this, to seeing these decks, uh, is to keep your Necropotence in hand. Don't jam your Necropotence into it. Um, in which case, uh, my general philosophy for finding cuts in a CDH deck where every card is a good card, Necropotence, great card, is if you are intentionally keeping it in hand in more than 30% of your games, it is time to cut it. And I would say, that a Necropotence is a dangerous play in more than 30% of games because of creature meta currently. And Necropotence was only playable back then because Winota didn't exist. N'Gila wasn't as powerful. I feel like Winota
0: um, is like half of the fucking meta. It's like, half I, the fucking fe- meta. I, I literally feel like it, uh, any event that I'm going to, half of the field is just Winota and then everything else. And it's. My, well,
1: my counterpoint to this, though, mm-hmm. is that when you're mulliganing, you can realistically see. 42 cards. So you can make your choice about your Necropotence in your Mulligans, and yeah. then also I would contend that if you can cast Necropotence on turn 1, you have the ability to cast Necropotence on turn 3. You don't have to play it right away, and I think that there are cards that you see that, that are in your hand. Like If we use that logic of, oh, if it's a card I I can't play right away, I should cut it, we have to start cutting Dockside Extortionists from every deck.
2: Mm-mm. That is not my argument. It is not, um, if you can't play right away, you should cut it. I think that in, uh, against uh, nijila and against a Winota, I wouldn't play Necropotence ever because that is a lot of fucking power. I mean, even like a Slicer deck because Slicer's a thing now. Yeah. The only way you survive <clears throat> with Necropotence, or I'm sorry, the only way you survive against big beating decks like this is to be inconspicuous. And, Playing that Necropotence ever can, cont- like, literally just takes a big fucking target and says, Winota, fucking that way. Like, <laughs> everybody, fucking that way. Because if I'm sitting in your pod, if it's me, you, and Winota, and some kind of other ex-deck, you're getting the beats all day long. As soon as I see the Necropotence resolve, or as soon as you hint or uh, allude to a Necropotence in hand that is uncastable, I am feeling very good. Because I know that uh, I am not going to be threatened by any kind of damage anytime I- soon.
1: I I
0: will say when I, when I play with good players, um, necropotence tends to be a card that I do not see until they are winning the game. Um, and, and it, it, that is generally when I see it. Um, when I see it in, when I'm not playing with good players, it, uh, honestly does not make much of an appearance when I'm playing against people who are not skilled. Uh, that that sounds very mean to the general public, but I love you, general public. But most of you exactly. are not good at playing Magic, and that's okay. Point
1: point it's, number
0: one of of yeah, like point number about one. Magic I'm also yeah. bad at Magic. Like I, you, yeah. it, it's okay. We're all bad at Magic, just in our own ways. Um, magic is hard, and it gets harder when there's four players. Um, but like the the idea for me that Necropotence. Here's it's very hard for me when like the there's like this whole joke of like no bad cards, whatever, right? Uh versions mm-hmm. of decks and we uh, there isn't a consideration of like where the card lines up on its own, right? Because if we're doing no bad cards, shouldn't no bad cards include like looking at them within the context of the deck and within the context of a, like of a vacuum, right? And so I think like there is something to be said about like Necropotence is still just a ridiculously strong card, but is it? I I think what Shauna is bringing up of I think the card the value of the card gets significantly lowered by the fact that you're in a multiplayer format where you can get ganged up on by three players instead of you know one v one where it's banned and everything. Uh, and you can you know do the thing but you have like maybe one or two blockers or you're playing in a format where maybe creatures aren't as prevalent um i don't know where necropotence is legal that that's a thing but you know it's not legal in most formats it seeds fringe vintage play uh cards kind of stupid um but in like commander i do think that you know, it's the same thing with Sylvan library, right? Where Sylvan library is an extremely powerful card. Uh, but you do have some mitigation to the power of that by the fact that you do have three opponents who are going to see that. And I mean, how many times have we been on team turn three, right? And Pongo would be like, Oh, you have a Sylvan library swinging at you. Uh, you hurt your draws. I, I think there is an element of that. Um, but You know, I think basically where I would land on this is necropotence is maybe not as maybe not as good as we think it is, but also better than maybe Shauna's saying it is
2: (laughs) (laughs) totally fine. Yeah, I'm uh, 100% playing devil's advocate. Um, I think that it is a fair statement, uh, a fair blanket statement to make. That if I have two um, Necropotence activations and I have two turns with cards in my hand being from Necropotence, I am winning the game. Um, If I get two activations off of it, regardless of how much life I put into each, I am in a good position to win. And I think that generally, um, a table cannot kill you in two turns, so you will be able to untap Mm -hmm. Uh, in both in both games uh, that are both one, one advocating for Necropotence and one advocating against uh, in the first game where it was cast on turn two because an opponent played into a Carpet Flowers and gave the um, gave the Necropotence player a second black mana. Um, it was cast on turn two, it was activated twice, and they untapped and won. In um, game two, it was activated twice, It, it <laughs> a breach was on the field, and they lost because they couldn't bounce it. So, um... In both of these situations, it was activated twice and a win was attempted twice. So in neither of these situations has my argument been valid because they have not died. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because that is just not a threat that every single... Again, we didn't have an Ajeela or Winota in the pod. We didn't have um, an active threat to life totals. And it was still pretty early on in the game. So the idea of somebody losing... uh, Losing by death, (laughs) not by an opponent's win, but losing by combat damage before Nucropotent has an ability to win you the game assuredly is incorrect. However, um, I think the fact that um, CEDH is progressively making its way to the political side of Magic, I think that um, the most consistent and the best winners are people who not only are Average and above at magic, but are average and above at speaking. Uh, I think that is now. I think that you can go ahead and go ahead and look at um, anybody who consistently top sixteens and decide that anybody who can pl- politic well and pilot their deck averagely is going to top sixteen consistently. Yeah. The point is, is that you are making their job much easier because the only way that they can control tables and uh, continuously present wins or put wins on the board, I should say is to mind control the table, as you said. And Necropotence is known information that uh, makes their job very easy. Necropotence player just put 15 cards in their hand. Necropotence player just put seven cards in their hand and did it for the last two turns. Necropotence player needs to go. I'm not a threat.
0: What is this world where people are playing Necropotence and having it for several turns? I just I have I have never seen that happen. Every time I see Necropotence, it's just like it's either coming down and winning immediately or it comes down and they die to being kicked in the face. Uh, It's literally either been one or the other. They either immediately try to win or on that turn or the next turn or they immediately get their like jaw like kicked off of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this goes to kind of what Scott, scoots had said earlier uh, and uh, to kind of take a little bit of that and, uh, you know, adapt it to a thing that I have said is uh, there's a television show that uh, is going to be starting its 44th season here mm-hmm. shortly. That's um, mm-hmm. a little show called Survivor Who is this
2: marketing savant. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, oh, probes owes me some money.
2: <laughs> uh, Your checks but- in the mail.
0: Um, checks in the mail uh, for all the royalties I get on survivor but I mean it really does come down to that thing of like where I've talked about in the past where it's that like what you said that political element of it where I think your ability to play necropotence well is your ability to know when and where to play the card Uh, you know because the, the, there's a lot of people who will just kind of like be like oh I have a dark ritual and a necropotence in hand cool let's cast this and that might yep. not always be the wisest strategy. Uh hmm. I don't know, Scotty. How off how how off my So are am you I?
1: saying I just to just to follow your analogy here, are you saying that dark necropotence is the equivalent of playing the entire season naked? <laughs>
0: is uh, that- um, I think it's actually more the equivalent of the guy who Wore his sport coat the entire season. Okay. Uh, Okay. Okay. Regardless of what they were doing, he was wearing his tweed jacket his entire time. And I, 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 you know, it's it's the equivalent of the people who show up at the at the at the start of the event. And this is totally off topic. I want to know what they tell the contestants they're going to. When they go out on those boats, because some of them are wearing like nice ass clothes, and I'm like,
1: "Where did you think you were going? You're on Survivor. You're There's on Survivor. been 30 seasons of this. <laughs> like, you know that you're going to get thrown out of a boat, and you have to swim to shore. Like, why are you wearing a tuxedo? This is known information. What are we you doing? What you signed
0: up for. Um, yeah. But no, it, that like at that, that that would be what I would say is uh, I think it's much closer to the guy who uh, you know. Just this is this is my jacket. I like my jacket. I'm going to wear my jacket. Um, no, no shade to that guy at all. You know, you got to stay warm out there and in, in Fiji he does
2: look good in the jacket. He's uncomfortable, but he's doing it anyway. He looks great. Yeah, I don't know. As as I don't do know it. how
0: much I like the no shirt. No, like under shirt with like oh, the gray God. sport coat under over it with just boxers look. I don't. Kn- that woman, doesn't really do it for me. Uh-
2: <laughs> As a woman who is constantly on the hunt for potential mates, um, that is an easy decision for me. That is a mating call that I can tune out so easily.
1: <laughs> I don't mm. care
2: how jacked you are. If you're wearing a sport coat with no shirt to show me your six pack, oh my god, I would That's choose. A no, okay. <laughs> I would choose. The- <laughs> All right. Anyway, continue. Uh, now, now that oh, we no. have uh, uh identified the analogy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but anyway, what what were you saying beyond that, Scoots? I, I just
1: well, I really just wanted to make a funny joke about the oh. naked guy, but <laughs> uh <laughs> beyond that, uh as far as the element of survivor, I think that there is something to be said for uh, necropotence being the immunity idol that someone else gets to use, right? right. They, uh, you could you could say, I won't name any names, but it uh, r- rhymes with Expedian. Uh, There's someone who is known <laughs> to have mind control powers at CEDH tables, and if you give them an in with your onboard necropotence, you're right. That's not great. That's not great for you. So
0: don't don't tell everybody about your immunity idol immediately.
2: Exactly. Hide, hide the necropotence under your lens. Exactly. You you <laughs> want to make sure go. that
0: you put it in your underwear and it's always you on would? you at all times.
1: I keep that thing on me, and you just reach down <laughs> and pull out your necropotence.
0: Everybody's about nice. to win, and you just go, "Hold on a sec." You reach down in your pants and, and just pull it
1: out. Uh, Oh, got it. Uh, don't do that. That's perverse. But, um... (laughs) Uh. but, But, uh... So I th- what's I mean? What's the conclusion here? I think the conclusion we've come to is that Necropotence is good sometimes and not good other <laughs> times. Like, and that sucks. But after every conversation that you have about any card, it is good sometimes that is the and not it good
0: other
2: times. Any CDH playable card. Yeah, it, yeah. It,
0: it turns out that nuanced discussions tend to end in uh, not very like hard,
2: concrete
1: answers. Yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> Uh, I do have one concrete answer. Necropotence is specifically very, very good in one archetype of deck that we just don't see anymore and that is Food Chain. Yes, Because you don't mind exiling your Squee to your Necropotence. That's totally fine. And you get Food Chain, and you get to wait a turn and then cast Food Chain and win the game.
0: I am a big fan. Play food chain. No, don't play food chain. Don't be like me. It's it's food chain's bad.
1: Food chain wins games.
2: There's t-shirts. There's merchandise. I know that there's
0: merchandise. The merchandise is lying to you. Um,
2: (laughs) My merch is lying to
0: me. Listen, I have a t-shirt that says "Federal Boob Inspector" on it, but that doesn't mean I'm a federal boob inspector.
2: (laughs) No, I trust the shirt. Inspect away.
0: Well, that about wraps things up for us here this week. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. If you liked this episode or any of the other content here on the Mind Sculptors, please make sure to rate the show on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and tell us down in the comments what your favorite part of today's show was. I also would like to take a moment to thank our top-tier patrons, Adam Hamden, David Snavely, Jason Bialik, Matt Boehner, Michael Levine, and Senior Coupon. If you too would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the or check out the link in the description. Thank you again for joining us, and from all of us here at The Mind Sculptors, I'm Callahan.